So we're in Jeremiah chapter 1 and uh, verse number 5. We're continuing our study tonight that we started on October 1st, uh, 31st rather, uh, when destiny calls. And uh, the verse there reads, Jeremiah 1, 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. This is, of course, the Lord speaking to the prophet Jeremiah in, in particular. He said, Before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And uh, we, we pointed out that even though none of us can claim to be the prophet Jeremiah, everyone who is created by God Almighty can claim that you were not created by accident or coincidence. Even if the natural circumstances behind your place and time of birth may not be the most ideal of circumstances, God has a reason for your existence. Amen. And so uh, we talked about destiny. Uh, Jeremiah 29, 11 said, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end or a planned end. God has a plan and a purpose that is bigger and broader than any of us can think or imagine. So that's where faith kicks in when it doesn't make sense to us. We have to trust that it makes sense to God and that there is a reason. Amen. And so uh, we are answering destiny's call. God has a specific destination in mind for all of us, and we call that destiny. Amen. And we're answering the question, what do, uh, excuse me, how do we respond to destiny's call? How do we respond when God informs us that he has a plan and a purpose for our lives. If you will remember, our first point was that we need to identify our purpose. Identify our purpose. And uh, we spoke on that. And if you missed that audio, by the way, you can always go back to the audio archives on our preaching page there on WashingtonHeightsBC.com. I would encourage you to utilize that tool. We have every audio that we were able to capture all the way back up to my first sermon in the month of June when y'all voted me in as pastor. And so use that as a resource. And if you remember a title of a message that of, was of particular strength and encouragement to you, uh, go back from time to time and drink of that well again. It'll bless you. Amen. And also use that little share button. Copy the link and text it to somebody uh, used to, we had to make copies on cassette tapes or CDs and pass them out. Now you can just send it through an email or a text or Facebook, and it's so much easier. You can just send the Word of God out like water, amen, all over the world. So just use that, and uh, you can catch up on this message through that means. Uh, WashingtonHeightsBC.com, go to the preaching page, amen. But tonight, we're going to go to point number two of our series. This is a three-part series, and so Lord willing... I believe next Sunday night will be our final installment. So tonight I want to talk about how that we need to understand our potential. Understand our potential. Now, I'm going to give you several scriptures, but I don't have them all pulled up in the slides like I did last time uh, because uh, I think it's better, easier for me. I'm less distracted, amen, whenever I don't have to use the pointer all the time. So... Uh, I think I, I'll have a better delivery method if I just give you the high points and then go from there. Amen. 
Uh, so we want to do this. We want to learn what it means to understand our potential in the kingdom of God. Uh, you need to ask the question, what, am I, uh, what exactly am I capable of? You know, a lot of Christians today do not serve God because they don't think they can serve God. A lot of Christians today don't do things for God because they don't see the potential. In fact, many people who are very gifted and very talented suffer such uh, insecurity and self-perception that it takes a, an enormous amount of effort from others to speak life into them to encourage them to even dare to try anything for God they believe all the lies of the devil that tell them they're worthless or tell them that they're going to flop or tell them that they're going to be a failure and they don't want to take the initiative to step up and do something for God because they don't think that they can but understand God created you not to fail but to succeed for him God is not a failure, and he didn't, he didn't create you to be a failure. The only reason you'd be a failure is if you listen to the lies of the devil and live a lifestyle of sin. But if you live a lifestyle of repentance and faith, you can become the success in God's kingdom that God intended for you to become. Somebody say amen right there. So you need to understand that there is great potential within you. But the Bible says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. A lot of people don't know that they have the potential. And that's why we have to make disciples of men. That's why Jesus taught us that whatever we learn, we are to go and teach others also. So that then they could turn around and teach others. Because people need somebody that can see their potential to call it out in them and help them identify. Otherwise, they'll never notice it because the devil keeps them beat down all the time. And so whenever you have an opportunity to help somebody understand their potential, you need to take advantage of that opportunity. But now if God's people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, then what is the remedy for that? The remedy then would be to get the knowledge of God. Can anybody tell me tonight where you get the knowledge of God? The Bible. Very simple, isn't it? This is not rocket science. You read the Word of God. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not or holds not back, and, and it shall be given him. Understand that whenever you are willing to seek knowledge and wisdom from God Almighty, he is more than happy and has even promised that he will give you that. But you've got to want it. If you want to understand why he put you here, he said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then, and he also taught us uh, that seek me, he said, and ye shall find me. Right? And so you've got to ask God, Lord, why am I here? Show me your purpose for me. And so eliminate the lack of knowledge by seeking the one who knows. Eliminate the lack of knowledge by seeking the one who knows. And some people make the mistake of listening to the wrong voices in their lives. Some people don't think that they can do anything because someone else told them that they're never going to amount to anything. Somebody discouraged them. Somebody might have even been in the church, unfortunately, said to them, God cannot use you or something ridiculous like that. Don't ever tell anybody that God can't use them. God can use a donkey to speak his message. Amen. If he can use a donkey, he can use you and me. Somebody say amen right there. And so don't ever tell people that God can't use them. 
Uh, that's negative, that's pessimistic, and it's cruel. And I would call it spiritually cruel and unusual punishment to tell somebody that they should live beneath the potential that God put in them. Amen. He said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a magnificent creation that God uh, gave a very careful attention to detail to, with which to create you as a unique person. Nobody else has your fingerprint. Nobody else has your uh, uh, DNA. Nobody else has a, your exact hair color or eye color are you hearing what I'm saying tonight you are an original you're not a cheap copy so quit uh, downgrading your value because of something that somebody else or even yourself said over you amen church know and understand your potential and find it by reading the word of God when you read the word of God you will discover many things about your potential uh, but in order to realize your potential I'd like to say first you need to know your power source amen Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 a very familiar passage of scripture Jesus came and spake unto his disciples and he said to them all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth and then he gave them the great commission go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy ghost teaching them to observe all things Whatsoever I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. Think of the great commission. This is, this is the greatest work known to mankind. The responsibility of sharing the gospel with every living, breathing human being on the face of God's planet. What a great responsibility that is. And I can tell you right now that if we relied on our power to get that done, it would never be accomplished. And so what does he say? He says, I have the power. This is Jesus Christ speaking. And he says, based upon the power that's giving, given to me, I now commission you in my power to go and do the impossible. Think about the human impossibility of reaching every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of the planet with the gospel of Jesus Christ. With men, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. So when you know that you're not relying upon your own power, then you can begin to see the potential that lies within you. If you rest upon your strength, you will fail. But if you learn to lean on Jesus, you can succeed and do great and mighty things for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. 2 Chronicles, I believe it is, chapter 32 and verse 8, the Bible said, With him is an arm of flesh, but with us is the Lord our God to help us. Amen. I'm glad to tell you that we have the Lord God Almighty to help us in our service to him and the Bible said uh, uh, not only the Lord God to help us but to fight our battles aren't you glad that God will fight your battles and the Bible said this the people rested themselves upon the words of Hezekiah king of Judah when he spoke these words I want you to learn how to rest tonight God wants you to learn how to rest tonight upon this promise that God is on your side and that God himself will help you and God himself will fight your battles that's why you can answer the call to destiny because God has a plan and God has the power to perform that plan the Bible says he that hath begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ somebody say amen right there so understand your power source tonight 
Number two, I want to say this. You need to also understand your limitations. You need to know your limitations. First, I want to say that your flesh has limits. Amen? Romans chapter 7 and verse 18. uh, The Bible said, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Amen? So if you know who your power is coming from, you most certainly also need to come to the conclusion that your flesh is limited in what it can do. And this is one of the reasons people get discouraged and people get quit, uh, quit on uh, the work of the Lord and they quit serving God. is because they take out an endeavor to try to do something for God, but they forget where their power comes from. They begin to operate in the energy of the flesh. And because when you sow to the flesh, you reap to the flesh corruption, all of a sudden everything they're involved with in the energy of the flesh fails and falters and comes to an end, and they experience what we call burnout because they're operating in their own flesh and not in the Spirit of God. And so your limits, you're very limited rather, when you operate in the arm of the flesh. Do you remember what Jesus said to the disciples Whenever he came to them and he wanted them to pray with him in the garden and they kept falling asleep, he said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Amen. And I want to say to that point that the spirit of God will often go where the flesh cannot. Amen. Uh, I dare say that when God asks you to do something for him, he's going to ask you to do something that will require the power of the Spirit that cannot be done in the energy of the flesh. That way, no man can claim the glory. Because the Bible says that God will share His glory with no man. And so God says to us, and teaches us rather, that it is in the power of His might that we do things for God. So understand that you, sir, you, madam, are limited in your own self and in your own flesh. Not only do we see the limits of the flesh, but we see the limits of our mind. Romans chapter 7 and verse 25 says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. Amen. And so he's talking about the mind and how we serve God with the mind now if we serve god with the mind then that would explain why the that satan attacks our mind so frequently he wants to win the battle in your mind because he knows that if your thinking's right you can serve god effectively and so the wrong kind of thinking i would call it stinking thinking amen can present limitations to your effectiveness for the cause of Christ. Amen? And so you've got to seek the Lord's will, and you've got to seek the washing of the water of the Word. And when you uh, read the Word of God and let it cleanse your mind, to, to, to renew your mind daily, it replaces your old stinking thinking with the thinking of God Almighty. When you start thinking like God, you start acting like God. When you start thinking like Jesus, you start acting like Jesus. And when you start acting like Jesus, you start getting the 
results that Jesus got. Amen. And so we need to learn to let this mind be in us which was also in Christ Jesus. That is to become a servant so that others hear of the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen. And when we uh, remove the limitations of our stinking thinking and let God replace our thoughts with his, then we can begin to remove some of those limitations in our mind. I want to say this. If there's a limit that's not drawn by God in your mind, you need to erase it. Let me say that again. If there's a limit that's not drawn by God, erase it. We need to redefine our limits with the Word. If the Word did not limit you, then you are not limited by, by, by God. You are limited by your own thinking. Amen? And so many people today don't think they can serve God because this or because that. Maybe they think their past is too shady. Maybe they think they've made too many mistakes and God can no longer use them. But I want to say that the limits of your mind can restrain you from doing what God could truly do in your life. And you've got to be willing to understand that if God chose to forget your past, then you need to learn how to do the same and operate with the mind of God in your life. If God's not going to hold your past against you, then neither should you hold your past against you. If God says that he will cast your uh, sin into the sea of forgetfulness, then you need to be willing to leave it there and put up a no fishing sign. Can somebody say amen right there? And you remove those limitations and understand uh, that even if other people don't agree with it, you focus your attention on God's thinking on the matter and not people's thinking on the matter. Amen. Romans 12, 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That ye may prove, that ye may put to the test what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How are you going to do that? By, by transforming your mind through the renewal of the word of god that word transformation comes from the word uh, from which we get our word metamorphosis it literally means to be transformed you know uh that that uh we see that picture in nature when a worm crawls up on a branch somewhere and anchors down amen and all of a sudden there's a cocoon that forms uh, is that the right word and, and during that, uh, while it's in that cocoon, it converts from a worm to a what? Somebody tell me. For a, to a butterfly. Amen. And you know, before Christ, you and I are nothing but worms. Amen. Uh, the Bible even teaches of those in hell. The Bible said, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. Amen. We are nothing but worms but out, outside of Christ. But let me tell you something. When God changes you, when you become a new creature, he can transform you from that the likeness of a worm to the likeness of a butterfly, which is a completely new creation. Amen. Where you can take flight when otherwise you uh, would have been kept down and trampled upon under foot of men amen god can make something beautiful out of you in fact the bible says that he has made all things beautiful 
in his time. Amen. And some of you got to coach yourself through this uh, and remind yourself continually that Christ has removed uh, all of those stigmas uh, about your past when he washed you in his blood, that he's made you a new creature and you have a new identity and that you need to step up into the person that God's calling you to be and quit allowing your old man to restrain you and to limit your thinking as to the possibilities that God has in mind for you. Amen? And don't let your past limit your future. So we see limits of the flesh. We see limits of the mind. I want to talk now for a moment, and it's not going to be what it sounds like, but the limits of the Spirit of God. Think about Matthew chapter 19 and verse number 26. Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. In light of that scripture, are there really any limits to the Spirit of God? If it says all things are possible, then we understand that there are no limits to the Spirit of God. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Some critics will tell me that I can't just pull that verse out and just use it in any application. And I understand their theological thinking behind that. But would you rather me say that there are some things that through Christ I cannot perform? Would you rather me say that the, I, I, uh, that, that the Holy One is limited to what He can do in my life? Amen. What would you rather have in your theology? A lim- limiting God or, or, take a, or saying that God is able? Amen. And so we need to focus on the truth that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That is true whether you like the way I applied it or not because the limitations, amen, that we place upon God are not really uh, limiting God. It's limiting what God can do through us because God can't honor doubt. God can't bless doubt. Amen. I don't know what God might be calling you to do tonight. But whatever it is, I want you to know that it can be done through the power of Christ. It can be done. And I don't care what kind of giants are standing in your way. I don't care what kind of obstacles are standing in your way. Amen. I've been recently counseling a preacher uh, that's been facing roadblock after roadblock after roadblock trying to get to where God's calling him, trying to start his ministry. And and I keep encouraging him in the Lord to just stay focused on his mission. No matter what comes his way, just be obedient to the Lord, moment by moment, step by step. And what you'll discover is that God will fight those battles and God will eventually put you in a new place and a new environment with new opportunities and help you overcome all that Satan's trying to throw against you. Amen. I can do all things. So there are really no limits to the Spirit of God. So once you understand who your power source is, once you know your limitations and your lack of limitations, amen, then you can understand what God is lining up for you to be able to utilize uh, in your pursuit of God's will for your life. So let's talk about this one now. Know your resources. Know your resources many people today don't think about it but they have all kinds of resources that are already at their disposal proverbs 27 23 says be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks and look well to thy herds this is uh, uh this is a uh, 
practically applicable uh, to business. It's good for a businessman to know the state of his business. But it's also spiritually applicable to, like for a pastor to his congregation for me to know the state of the people that I'm trying to minister to. But it also is applicable uh, to you as an individual Christian to know the state. That, that is, know uh, the inventory and the condition of the inventory that God has placed in your life. That is, things that you can use to further the call of God in your life. Now, what are some things that God has given us that we already have access to that fuels the potential and converts potential into traction and momentum and practical living for the Christian? First, I want to say you have faith. You have faith. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 3 says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. It said again, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith of faith so it, it says think soberly according according to what according to the measure of faith god's given you are you getting a picture faith can move mountains faith can shut the mouth of lions faith can sustain a widow lady that only had one meal left and she was going to eat it and die faith Amen. Can overcome obstacles. Faith can heal the sick. Faith can raise the dead. Not faith in anything, but faith in God Almighty. And don't underestimate the power of faith. It is a resource that God has put in your life. And the Bible clearly teaches that every man is given at least a measure of faith. You say, I don't have faith. Well, you just call God's word a lie. Because the Bible said you have faith. You know why he can say that? Because it's a gift. Now, could it be that faith is like a tool that you have to pick up and use for it to work for you? Absolutely. You have to be deliberate about it. You have to choose to believe God. And don't say you can't believe God. You might get honest enough to say, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. But you've got some faith down in there somewhere. Because the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. When the devil comes to me and the devil tries to convince me that my faith is too weak to accomplish what God has called me to accomplish, I have come to the place in my life to where I say that the devil is a liar because I have read the Word of God. And because I've read the Word of God, I have received faith because I've heard the word and you cannot hear the word of God without faith being deposited it's in there somewhere I may not have directly connected to it yet but the devil is a liar and I have some faith in my life uh, and the devil's going to have to take a back seat to what God's doing in my life somebody say amen you need to, you need to claim, claim, you need to lay a hold of your faith. You need to realize you have faith. Don't, the, don't let the devil play mind games with you and talk you out of believing God or tell you that you're, you, you're not believing but you're doubting. Amen. Faith is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's not an emotion. It's a choice. And you can choose right now, I'm going to believe God no matter what because you can stand on that book. And you know, I say it this way, if you can't believe the Bible, read it long enough, it'll make a believer out of you. 
Amen. Because that's the work of the Holy Ghost. He will begin to convict you and he will begin to convince you of the validity of the truths of this book. And it won't take long if you're discouraged and depressed and ready to quit. Just find somewhere in the book of Psalms and start reading until the good Holy Ghost begins to build your spirit back up and deposit faith back into you. And before you know it, you're ready to charge hell with a water pistol because the faith of the Word of God has been deposited into your soul. You have faith. Use it for the glory of God. How much faith does it take to, to remove a mountain? Can anybody tell me? Mustard seed faith. How, how big is a mustard seed? It's very tiny. You know what God's saying? <laughs> you don't need a whole lot of it. Just a teensy-weensy little bit. Just a tiny little bit. Amen. Now, don't underestimate the size of that seed. <laughs> We look at the external size of it, but think about what's in that seed. It's, it's expandable. It's, it's replicatable. Amen. Somebody said it this way. You can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. Amen. I'm glad God didn't say if you had the faith the size of a, a pebble because a pebble can't reproduce. But he said if you had the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. Because you can take a little mustard seed, plant it in the ground, and it can become a great tree. Have you ever seen a tree with roots that grow so thick that it cracks rocks? Y'all ever seen that? I've seen it, especially up in the mountains of uh, North Carolina. It's incredible at how much power and force there is to move what was seemingly unmovable. Because somebody planted a small seed. Now, he didn't say necessarily that it would happen overnight, but he did say it'll happen. So what you got to do is you got to keep watering that seed. You, you got to keep cultivating that ground. And you got to trust God that what he promised he's able also to perform. So faith is one of your most powerful resources in your walk with God. And don't underestimate its power and use it on a daily basis. Amen. Man, I got to hurry. Let me run through these quickly. Relationships is a powerful tool that you have at your disposal. 2 Corinthians 10, 15 says, Not boasting of things without our measure, that is of other men's labors, but having hope when your faith is increased that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly. He's saying that we shall be enlarged by you according to our rule abundantly he said in other words i will be enlarged abundantly by someone else's contribution to my walk with god relationships sunday school teachers brotherhood members wow members amen ladies and gentlemen uh pastors teachers uh, godly deacons, people in your life that want to speak life into you and encourage you. Amen. Take advantage of those relationships in a healthy way. That is, access those relationships. Cultivate those relationships. You may have a parent uh, or, or, or a family member uh, that is close with God. I, I would encourage you to talk at least weekly with someone that you know is close to God to help you in your walk with Him, uh, to talk to them about things that you need help with. Amen. Find somebody that can enrich your walk with God and strengthen you in your faith. Uh, relationships are important. Don't become a lone ranger. The devil wants you isolated. 
so that he can pick you out and devour you. But there is strength in numbers. Amen. That's why God likes teamwork. That's why he said, if two shall agree as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them of our Father which is in heaven. There's power in numbers and access those relationships that God has in your life. I'll say this and I'll move on to the next one. So many people let the devil drive a wedge between them and their pastor. And they'll find a reason to not like that preacher. Not knowing that that quite possibly could be the most life-transforming relationship in their entire life. If they will allow the Spirit of God to speak through their pastor to them like God put him there to do. If he's a godly pastor, if he's a biblical pastor, he's there to help you, not to hurt you. Amen? And, and so sometimes what he says might hurt your feelings, but it's kind of like medicine. It'll, it'll help you after a while. Amen? But what you need to understand is those relationships that challenge you are the best relationships that you've got. Uh, for what good is a friendship? You know, this could go the other way. You could have some relationships that are draining you spiritually. What good is a relationship if all they ever do is affirm what you already believe about yourself? If you're just looking for approval to live any old way you want, if you're looking for someone to side with you and your complaint and your bitterness about somebody else, I remember one time I was a, a member of a solid church in Yakinville, North Carolina, but there was this fellow that we got to hanging around, and all he ever, it seemed like there was a complaining spirit about him. And he always had something negative to say about the church, something negative to say about the preacher, and quite frankly, I didn't like it. Amen? Because the devil puts people in your life sometimes that causes you to question the most valuable relationships in your life. Sometimes husbands are divorced from wives or wives are divorced from husbands because somebody else should have kept their nose in their own business, but they butted in and said something, whether it was true or not, that split up. Amen. The Bible says a, a talebearer separateth chief friends. And when you've got a good relationship, you need, to, you need to protect it. You need to take advantage of it in a healthy way. And you need to make sure that you don't allow other relationships to destroy the good ones you've got relationships are very important god puts people in your life for a reason amen pay attention to that pay attention to that it's very important and i think many of us are guilty possibly of under using all of these resources amen and i know sometimes accessibility is an issue uh you know especially as the church grows i may become less accessible as i get busier but I will always try to be available and accessible, amen, to everybody. Uh, but that's why we have deacons. That's why the Lord has set up the church where we can have spiritual leaders so that we can all carry the load together, amen. Uh, but let's cultivate those godly relationships and understand that God did not mean for us to be lone rangers. He meant for us to work together and encourage one another. And that's a tremendous resource in your walk with God. The third thing is gifts gifts god gives gifts romans 12 verse 6 having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us let me ask you this what can you do it's not what you can't do it's what can you do you've got a gift figure it out use it for the glory of god amen church substance some people are very blessed with substance 
the Bible says, Proverbs 3, 9, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. You know, there are people that God blessed to be able to make a lot of money so they can bless the kingdom of God with it. And that's one of their primary ways of contributing to the kingdom. And, and, uh, and, and that's in the Bible. I want to ask you this. What do you have? I don't want to ask what don't you have. I want to ask what do you have? All of this is stuff that we get tripped up over. We, we focus on all the things we think we're missing. When God says, well, what about all this stuff do you, that you've already got? You know, remember the scripture where it said uh, uh, that if you're faithful over a few things, he'll make you rule over many. Amen. If you want the things you don't have, then use the things you do. Can I say that one more time? If you want the things you don't have, then use the things you do have. Don't complain because you're not where you think you deserve to be. First of all, that's God's choice. God will decide whether you need a promotion or not. Could be that we're just not promoted because we're not accessing everything and using everything that he's already entrusted to us. Some people are blessed with substance, and God would have them to invest heavily into the kingdom of God. And if that's you, then you just need to be obedient to the Lord. Opportunity is another asset. Opportunity. Galatians 6.10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Do you remember the scripture where it said, uh, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin? Amen. A lot of times we can't move forward in our walk with God and the calling that God has placed upon us because we miss every single opportunity he throws our way or we ignore it or we don't take advantage of it. Let me ask you this question. How much trouble do you suppose I would be in with God if when the pulpit search committee called me back several months ago, I chose not to seek out that opportunity? And I, I suppose, and I, in fact, I know God could have done this without me, and I'm not su suggesting anything otherwise. But how much would I, my personal ministry have suffered? How much would my family have suffered had I chose not to seek out the opportunity that God was laying before me? Think about the people that have been saved since we've come and, and, and the lives that have already been touched and changed since we've come, think about the hundreds, if not thousands, of people that have heard the gospel either through uh, social media efforts or through local radio efforts. Think about all of the lives that would have not have been touched had I not walked through the door that God laid before me. Now, on the same token, what opportunities have you let pass you by? Uh, when, when someone says, hey, uh, we could use some help over here, would you be available? Are you saying no because God told you that you need to be doing something else? Or are you saying no out of personal convenience or preference? It could be that many times God's giving us opportunities, but we don't see them as opportunities. We see them as inconveniences. Did you know that opportunity looks a whole lot like inconvenience sometimes? And we need to realize that we need to follow God. And when he gives us opportunities, we need not ignore them. Somebody say amen. One more thing I want to talk about and we'll close tonight. What about the asset called time? Time. In John 9, 4, Jesus said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. 
He said, the night cometh when no man can work. It goes right in hand with opportunity, but sometimes when that window of opportunity closes, when that moment in time closes, you'll never have that moment to regain again. And so we need to manage our time like eternity counts on it, because it does. One day, time will be no more. But right now is when what we do for Jesus counts the most. And quite frankly, none of us have time to lose in serving God. None of us can afford to put it off another day, to say, Lord, not now, tomorrow. Lord, uh, who was it, King Agrippa, come at a more convenient time. Did you know that if you wait for a more convenient time, that the devil will always make sure that you never have a convenient time? If you wait for all of the situation to be just ideal, you will never have an ideal situation. If I had waited for all the circumstances in my life to be convenient and perfect and ideal for me to move to Georgia, why, well, honey, I'd still be in Mississippi right now. In fact, I'll say since I've been here, circumstances have still not yet been perfect and ideal, but I know I'm right where God called me to be. And so you need to have the confidence to know that when God says it's time, it's time whether your circumstances are cooperating or not. Amen. You're just going to have to follow God and trust him with all of the details. Because he said if you'll seek him first, his kingdom, his righteousness, all that other stuff, it'll be taken care of essentially. You just let God worry about all your business and you do the business of the king. And seek those opportunities to maximize the time. What did it say? redeem the time because the days are evil that means buy it back that means make 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 maximum use of what time is left to make up for lost time amen that means some of us got to double time it amen some of us got to get busy because we're running out of time i don't want to live my life should jesus terry his coming Find myself on my deathbed wondering what if because I never seized, I never made much of my time. Uh, we all like leisure and I believe God wants us to enjoy life. I believe God wants us to have happy days. He don't want us to be miserable. Amen. I believe there's time for leisure. There's time for joy. But there's also time for work. And many times Christians can be guilty of taking all the time in the world for leisure and little to no time for the work of the Lord. How much time do we have? So many people today say, well, I, I would serve God, but I just don't have time. You get, you're given 24 hours a day like everybody else. Amen? Uh, I find that most people manage their time based upon their priorities. I know there are exceptions to the rule. I realize that. Some people are in situations that are beyond their personal control. I agree with that. But could it be that somebody listened to the sound of my voice, the reason you don't have time is because you don't make time. Amen. I don't have time to go to church three times a week. I got too much to do. Let me ask you a question. What if what God wanted you to know was on one of the nights that you chose not to come to church? God wouldn't do that to me it's not whether or not God will do that to you. It's the question is whether or not you do that to God. I, I believe that for every Christian, 
that could have been in church and wasn't because of personal preference. I'm not talking about situations beyond people's control. But I believe that there's coming a day we're going to stand before God and they're going to say, God, why this? Why that? And God said, well, if you was at church on, what's today's date? November the 14th, 2021. He's advancing us. He's, he's getting us on in the future. If you was at church on November the 14th, 2021, you would have discovered that I had a call on your life and I had a bigger purpose for you. But because you missed that, I've been trying to tell you, uh, I mean, it would have transformed your life. But you wasn't there. And, and, and you had the invitation, but you missed out on your opportunity. I mean, you think about this stuff. And, and I know that it sounds weird to put it that way. And, and I know that God's bigger than our blunders, and he has a way of getting our attention. But uh, could we not at least consider the fact that sometimes the, what we miss from God is because we weren't in the right place at the right time to get it? Well, no, one thing's for sure, there's a reason God said for us not to forsake the sin of ourselves together because he knows that's the feeding trough for his flock. And if you're not at the feeding trough, you're not going to get fed spiritually. And if you're not going to get fed spiritually, you're not going to grow spiritually. And if you're not going to grow spiritually, you're not going to serve God effectively. And so, yes, missing church negatively affects your growth and development spiritually and your effectiveness for the cause of Christ. And so when destiny calls, we've got to be willing to make most of our time. And so the way I would interpret that personally for you is be here every time the doors are open, if and whenever possible. If you're sick, great. If you have to work, fine. But if you're just at home because you don't feel like going, I'm sorry, but that's not an excuse. Amen? Amen. Uh, at the risk of sounding uh, or being misunderstood, I must admit that uh, as a family of five sons, it has been very challenging to raise our church, our family in church, going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and at special services all the time. It's challenging. It's exhausting, especially when they were smaller. It was never easy to commit to it, ever. But the, but the rewards for committing to it are immeasurable. And I'm glad that I don't have, there's one thing I can say, honestly, is because my father set the right example for me to be faithful to church when I was a teenager. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival meetings, camp meetings, Jubal, whatever we could find, we would go to. Because that passion spilled over into me and he set the right example. You know what I did when I had sons? Sunday morning, Sunday night. Wednesday night, revival meetings, camp meetings, jubilee, whatever we could go to. Because God has something for his people when we get under the anointed preaching of God's word. And we made the most of our time. And because we did, we're in a unique position today that we would have never been in had we not been faithful. Because faithfulness builds up momentum in the time that you need it the most. Never doubt that Properly managing your time for spiritual growth and development will make an eternal difference both in your life and in the life of your family. So I salute you and I commend you if you're doing everything you can. 
And for some people, that may mean they might even only be able to come to church once a month, maybe due to sickness, illness, work schedule, but they get plugged in online. I understand those are real-life circumstances sometimes that, that kind of uh, present conflicts, but I think I'm speaking uh, for most when I say that we can all do better with time management. We can all do better with recommitting to what we should be doing with our time when the church doors are open. Amen. And that's just one of many areas that we could talk about. So when destiny calls, understand your potential by knowing your power source, by knowing and understanding your limitations and God's limitless power, and knowing your resources. When you look at it, with God's help, you have a lot to offer the kingdom. Don't, don't make the mistake of short-selling God. Amen. God put you here for a reason. He bought you with a price. Glorify God. He's given you a lot to work with. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the word. Lord, these are some sobering thoughts that will challenge all of us to reevaluate, to, to rethink, to reconsider our priorities, our thought processes. God, help us to maximize our impact for Christ by seeking your will and your ways for our life. Help us to not miss any opportunities. Help us to avail ourselves in faith and in prayer and making the most of our time for Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen and amen.